Fasten your seatbelts. It's time for the Anything Goes Hour with Stu Breyer. It's a pleasure to have on our line is uh, Dexter Van Zyl, managing editor of the Middle East Forum publication, Focus on Western Islamism. Van Zyl works at the Committee for Accuracy in the Middle East reporting and analysis for 16 years. And Dexter, good afternoon. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Well, these are very volatile, uh, depressing times in uh, Israel with Hamas. And, you know, some people don't really understand, and maybe you could give us a little more vision. Well, I think right now, I think the consensus is, and this is, I think, really what people are starting to understand, is is that Hamas needs to be destroyed. And I think that's really, and I I know that's going to probably offend or frighten some people, uh, but essentially it murdered and uh, raped and kidnapped its way across southern Israel on Saturday, and essentially combine the horror of 9-11 with uh, essentially Kristallnacht and Bobby Yar and essentially the, the massacre of, uh, in Hebron in 1929. This is going to reverberate uh, in Israeli history for, for generations. They'll never forget it. And essentially Hamas demonstrated that uh, essentially that its goal is not to actually achieve Palestinian statehood, but to essentially terrorize and kill Jews. That's really what it demonstrated on Saturday. Now, a lot, a lot of folks wonder because, you know, Israel is so adept at, you know, protecting themselves because they do have so many enemies, and uh, one wonders why there wasn't uh, any leakage that something like this was in the wind. Uh, I guess we pretty much know that Iran was involved in it. Um, did somebody drop the ball there? Yeah, I, I think, all right, first of all, one of the details about the attack that's uh, very, it is telling us is that, first of all, uh, they were able to knock out the communications tower near the border right away. And secondly, I think one of the things that we have to consider is the possibility that the Israelis were distracted because of the ongoing controversy uh, over judicial reform in Israel. And essentially, I think that the people who are in charge may very well have kind of, uh, you know, stopped paying attention to what they needed to pay attention to. Um, and I think that, uh, but, but but ultimately, we have to remember that it was, in a, you know, that that Israel has been under siege for, you know, essentially decades. Uh, but the people who perpetrated these murders, they are the ones who are responsible. You know, uh, Dexter, um we're certainly uh, a little confused when we talk about ha- Hamas. Do the generally the Palestinian people feel the same way Hamas does? I know Hamas is extreme, but when you look at the average Palestinian, uh, well, you see now that's the interesting thing is is that I think that the people in the Gaza Strip uh, do not like Hamas, but the, the problem is is that it's a very authoritarian and violent organization. Uh, that will drag people uh, through the streets and kill them uh, if they stand up to Hamas. Uh, and there was some protests against Hamas uh, a few months ago, uh, and I think everyone understands that Hamas misrules the Gaza Strip. But at the same time, I don't think that we can say that the Palestinians really want to establish uh, peace with Israel I, I, or even accept a, a two-state solution or accept Israel's uh, right to exist. Interestingly enough, Israeli Arabs who live in Israel, you know, uh, increasing numbers of them over the past few years have actually uh, 
you know, applied for Israeli citizenship because they do not want to live in any future Palestinian state. So I think that uh, Hamas is essentially a nostalgic organization that hopes that it's going to be able to accomplish, uh, you know, the oppression of, of and murder of Jews like uh, like it happened in the past. And uh, the fact is, is that Jews are sovereign now. They have a sovereign state. And I think they've rallied around the idea that it's going to be necessary to destroy Hamas. There's a lot of, uh, I hear a lot on the media that um, because of the situation in Israel now, some of their other enemies may want to take advantage and uh, attack them as well. What are you hearing about that? Well, I think one of the concerns that people have is, is that if Israel devotes an enormous amount of resources into destroying Hamas, which it's going to have to do, uh, there is a possibility that essentially Hezbollah and Lebanon to the north may actually try and uh, make a gambit uh, to attack Israel as well. Uh, and that is of great concern because we know that Hezbollah is an Iranian proxy, and, and Iran is essentially, they are, uh, you know, that regime needs something to distract uh, its citizens from the oppression that, that the regime is imposing on them. And so a lot of the times people will use hostility towards Israel as a unifying political agenda. And ultimately what Iran wants to do with all of this is to essentially stop Saudi Arabia from signing a peace treaty with Israel and a normalization agreement with, with Israel. Because once that happens, essentially, you know, a lot of people in the Middle East are going to start to get on with their lives uh, as a, instead of actually assailing and using Israel as a scapegoat for their failures. That's, uh, I did see a very interesting interview with um, the head of Saudi Arabia, and you're probably familiar with it as well, when it looked very positive at that time that there was room for getting together. So I, I've heard that as a possibility why Iran, uh, but they've been planning this, obviously, for a while. What do you think about um, the $6 billion that we sent to Iran? Was that an influence on this? Oh, I think that clearly that uh, the Biden administration's, uh, you know, sending that money or releasing those funds gave uh, Iran uh, the breathing room it needed to actually send more assets to Hamas. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, and Hamas has generally been regarded as an asset for Iran, despite the fact uh, that they have religious differences. Hamas is a Sunni organization and Iran is a Shiite country. Uh, but when it comes to basically assailing Israel, that, that's something that they can be unified on. And uh, so I think clearly, uh, you know, if you take the pressure off of Iran, essentially what they do is, is that they figure out a way to, you know, use their freedom or the degrees of freedom that they've been afforded to assail Israel. And it, it's, a, it's a very, very bad, uh, situ uh, you know, system that we've created. Because when we, you know, negotiate with Iran, uh, and when we take the pressure off of Iran, essentially what that means is that it gives them the assets uh, and the freedom they need to basically disrupt the rest of the region. Seems like common sense, and uh, we wonder when will we ever learn. But uh, the thing that's one of the things that's very disturbing, and I'm sure it's disturbing with you, uh, Dexter, and that is that even American citizens are demonstrating with, of course, the people that are pro-Israel, uh, that uh, Israel is the bad guy. I'd like you to address, because I don't think people understand. I mean, for instance, Harvard. There's a group of students that are anti-Israel. 
They feel that uh, Israel has forced Palestinians, in a newspaper article, forced Palestinians to live in an open-air prison for over two decades. Um, This was in the New York Post. How do you address that question when somebody says that to you? you? Watching those protests and listening to people, you know, advocate on behalf of the Palestinians is like listening to people advocate for the Germans, uh, you know, and complaining about the Versailles Treaty, so to speak, in the aftermath of Kristallnacht. It's just horrible. And what we have seen is, is that essentially there's been a number of institutions here in the United States, some of them Islamist institutions, that have been able to portray jihadist violence against the West and Israel and against Jews and, you know, and hostility and anti-Semitic hostility that's off the charge as some sort of liberationist agenda. Uh, there are people who will say that, you know, this is, you know, a part of the progressive movement, this is decolonization. And interestingly enough, we see the same type of uh, ideology used to delegitimize Western democracies as well. And that is really one of the things that's very troubling. And so when I, I say to, when I see people basically delegitimize Israel, uh, which was, you know, one of the most lawfully created states in the world, uh, I, I say, well, where does it stop? Okay, and that is really, I think, one of the things is that the same tactics used to delegitimize Israel are going to have been deployed against us. You know, when you see the, uh, you know, those ceremonies that basically acknowledge the indigenous people and their claim to the land. Uh, you, you know, that is a very troubling thing because it's the same type of thing that they've done to Israel, and ultimately it's going to legitimize violence against Western democracies. So is, is this really about land, Dexter, or is this just a basic hate for Jewish people? Well, I, yeah, I think essentially it's a, it's, it's, it's a hate for Jews, uh, and it has to do with, you know, centuries and decades of humiliation on the part of uh, Arabs and Muslims in the Middle East, a lot of countries have decided that, th- that they want to transcend that humiliation and sign the uh, Abraham Accords. Uh, but there, there's a certain nostalgia on the part of some communities, particularly Hamas and the Palestinians. They still think that they can you know, achieve Israel's destruction. Uh, and, and as long as they think they're going to do that, they'll never be able to choose an alternative future for themselves. And the problem is, is that we have a lot of organizations and institutions here in the U.S. that affirm that narrative, uh, and then progressives basically pick it up and say, oh, we're anti-colonialists, even though what they're doing is, is that they're consigning the Palestinians to another generation <laughs> or another several decades' worth of suffering and humiliation. And this did not help the Palestinians at all. It did not. This is... This has brought terrible shame onto their their uh, you know corporate identity as a people, uh, and it, it's going to stain their identity for for a long, long time. And in the short term, Hamas needs to be destroyed, and the Israelis I think are unified in that in that desire. And I think that the rest of the world start, has understood that, um, and the Palestinians are, are ultimately going to suffer terrible consequences because of Hamas's. Uh, extremist ideology. Dexter Van Silas with us here, and we're glad to have him on the program. He's managing editor, the Middle East Forum publication, Focus on Western Islamism. 
and uh, he certainly has uh, a good inside information zone here to help us out trying to understand these monstrous attacks. What about um, Netanyahu? Do you think he's a good leader? I don't know. You know, it's almost not for me to say, because I'm a United States citizen. I don't vote in Israeli elections. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's up to the Israelis to decide, and I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, soul-searching and a deep investigation into what happened. And I think the Israelis are going to come together and do what they have to do to essentially, like, uh, reaffirm their unity and... Uh, and essentially defend themselves and defend their future. And, um, you know, people, you know, I think Netanyahu's probably one of the most skilled politicians to ever come down the pike uh, in Israel, and I think he was uh, conflict and risk-averse, and I think that he'd hoped to just be able to mow the lawn with Hamas. Periodically they'd have to fight uh, and, 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 you know, defeat Hamas, but not in a, a, a you know a hugely effective way. Stop them from attacking. Stop them from launching missiles every few years. Uh, but this now, people now recognize that there has to be uh, the Israelis understand, and I think their allies understand that Hamas has to be destroyed, and that that uh, risk-averse notion of being able to deal with Hamas periodically, allow it to get out of hand every once in a while. That the consensus around that, if there ever was one, that's gone. You know, Dexter, I'm very concerned about one thing. We're giving so much to the Ukraine. Is that going to hurt us? And uh, and most people in this country have the brains enough to know that we want to support the Israelis uh, any way we can. Do you think that's going to hurt uh, what generally we would do in this situation? Well, uh, the problem is, is that it looks as if Russia may have actually given the, the Hamas some of the equipment that they needed to actually overwhelm mm-hmm. uh, Israeli defenses. So I, I don't want to do anything other than to basically acknowledge that Russia is not uh, one of our allies. And the problem is, is that we're going to have to figure out how to get the resources necessary uh, to defend against uh, aggression wherever it appears. And the problem is, is that we dismantled our, uh, in many respects, we dismantled our industrial base uh, and that's going to be it's going to be rough. And you know, uh, you know, I, I am uncomfortable with the thought of what's going to come next. But I think that uh, it's going to be rough. Yeah, we're within the fourth day, I guess. You know, it's disconcerting that even uh, politicians that we elect are so uh, against Israel. And you probably know which ones I'm talking about that they actually came right out after this monstrous thing and dragging people on the streets and raping and uh, these horrendous things and they're they're pro-Palestinians as if uh, we had it coming. These are people that we elect. Right. Well, you see now this is it's been essentially what we've done is is that we have been the target of essentially an information warfare for decades. And part of it is is that we are bad and oftentimes uh, our intellectual class and our elite class uh, and I, I've seen this in liberal Protestant churches, they will project their animus that they have towards uh, themselves and to the, towards the country that they live in, the United States, and they will project it onto Israel. And what that does is that that allows 
they tell a narrative that basically hinders Israel's ability to defend itself and gives license to Palestinian violence. And so that's a very difficult thing to, uh, to counter. Uh, and so when people look at the world through that lens of self-hate and they project that self-hate onto Israel, uh, it makes it hard for people to support Israel. And they end up, we have what I would call a, a punitive, uh, punitive liberalism or punitive progressivism that the West needs to be punished for its sins and therefore is not entitled to protect its borders, is not entitled to protect itself. And we see that narrative play itself out uh, in anti-Israel activism as well. Well, you've been reporting Middle East uh, analysis for uh, 16 years, so it's a long time. Are there some things that uh, Israel has done that you think maybe that wasn't such a good move? I know they've made concessions through the years that never seemed to work. Right. Well, I think, you know, when I first started, I thought that the <laughs> withdrawal from the Gaza Strip was a good-faith effort to achieve peace uh, with the Palestinians, and I was kind of dismayed that it didn't work, and that I and it, and as time passed, I discovered that there was a long history of Israeli withdrawals from territory being preludes to violence from that exact same territory. Mm-hmm. And uh, at a certain point, I think you can say that the Oslo Accords and the the uh, didn't work. They were essentially an attempt to achieve rapprochement with the. the the Palestinians in the 1990s, and essentially when Israel withdrew from the Gaza Strip, that confirmed in the minds of a lot of people that, that, that the Palestinians and Hamas won. That was one of the reasons why they did so well in the 2007 elections, was is that they could say, look, we at least got the Israelis out of the Gaza Strip. Um, and then they, they misruled the... Uh, the, ter- the territory that they control, they created a disastrous set of circumstances for the people that they, they control. I, I won't even say what they do. They, you can't even say that they govern these people. They basically oppress their own people, and they use uh, hostility towards Jews in Israel as a way to distract people from the suffering that they've endured. Mm. That's uh, um, One of our listeners, I believe, wants to ask you a question here. Appreciate the time. Hi, WICH. What's your question? Hello. Hi, good afternoon. What's your question? Um, what is your question? You answered my first question. They have different religions, correct? Yeah, I'm, yeah go Israel ahead. Israel and Hamas, okay. And then you talked about territory. That was my second question that I wrote down. And how much territory is involved? And I was wondering also, I saw pictures of rockets that destroyed some buildings and I'm wondering if it's their only method of attack. Thank you. All right, uh, methods of attack. She was well, uh, referring well, to. All right. Well, first of all, right now the, the territory that's in play is going to be the West Bank and the Gaza Strip that you can look at on a map. Um, I don't have the exact uh, <clears throat> square mileage of that territory off the top of my head, but right now, as far as like what what Israel can do, aside from uh, you know launching uh, bombs and rockets into Israel. I I think, first of all, right now they are amassing uh, their military. The last report I heard said that they basically called up 360,000 troops Mm -hmm. to get ready for ground invasion uh, of the Gaza Strip uh, to deal with Hamas once and for all. 
And I think that there's strong consensus that Hamas has to be destroyed. Hamas must be destroyed. Uh, and then after that, I don't know, you know, they're going to have to figure out what to do after Hamas is out. Uh, but they are getting ready to go in with tanks and infantry, uh, and it's going to be a very, very brutal fight, uh, and there's going to be horrific losses on both sides, and we need to steel ourselves to the fact that in some instances, Palestinian civilians are, are going to be killed uh, as a result of that conflict. But the one thing that we have to remember is that Hamas attacks Israelis while hiding behind civilians, and Israel tries to avoid civilian casualties. That's and right, that's yeah. the one thing that we have to remember. We have to remember that. Yeah, they've always been that way, I know. Um, so the goal is to just take take it back, take it over, and uh, that's yeah, the immediate goal. To destroy Hamas and make sure that they are never in a position to do this ever, ever again. And then... I think then the sense is, okay, now we're going to have to come up with a, a replacement for Hamas, and whoever replaces Hamas is not going to like Israel. They're not going to be friends with Israel. But the one thing that, they, that I think that people are hoping for or looking for is a solution where they're not going to hate Israel as much as Hamas did and not think that it's a good idea to, to indiscriminately murder uh, Israeli civilians. One last and, question, Dexter. We're... we're most of us okay. in, this, in this country are really feel awful about this situation. What can we do as United States citizens to help the situation, naturally send money, etc.? And our government, uh, what do you think they're going to do? Well, one of the things that I would like to do is to basically challenge the U.S. government not to give funds to Islamist organizations in the United States that support Hamas. Which they're still doing, right? Yes, and it's you know, and what is not just the money itself, but it's the uh, it's the legitimacy that comes with that money. Organizations like the Muslim American Society, the Council on American Islamic Relations, uh, these organizations have promoted an anti-Israel policy for years, uh, and they have their roots, uh, you know, in a, you know the Muslim Brotherhood and other institutions like that, and. and like Jamaat Islami in South Asia, and we shouldn't be funding these organizations if they're going to promote hostility towards one of our uh, most important allies, and ultimately promote hostility towards uh, the norms of Western civilization as well. Well, certainly that makes sense. <laughs> Not a lot of things make sense these days, and uh, they could stop that immediately, for sure. As far as uh I know some people uh, I'm hearing are volunteering from this country to actually go over there and get in the fight. Are you hearing much about that? I haven't heard much about that. That could very well be true. Um, I think, you know, the interesting thing, though, is, is that uh, Israel is a sovereign state. It's the first time in a long period of time where Jews have, uh, you know, the organization uh, and the, the, the wherewithal to defend themselves against this type of attack. Uh, and they, they clearly, the, the leaders messed up uh, in, in not preventing this attack. But now that it's happened, I think it's going to resolve or steal a lot of people's resolve in Israel uh, and in the West in general to come to its defense. And we've seen this before. We've seen even Jews and non-Jews go over to Israel to help the country out. Uh, and at this point, essentially, you know, three things need to happen. Uh, 
Hamas needs to be destroyed. Uh, some sort of alternative governance needs to be set up in the Gaza Strip. Uh, and then the Israelis are going to have to kind of, like, come to some sense of healing and figure, like, what, what do we do now? And, 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 and hopefully uh, pursue or, or be able to pursue uh, the continuation of the Abraham Accords, if that's in the cards. And, they, you know, Hezbollah and Iran have a vote on that. They have a role to play next, and we'll see what cards they play. Dexter, I do appreciate you giving us your uh, expertise on this subject. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, you know, uh, they can. If the, if the people are interested in our uh, material, they can go to the website meforum.org. And if they're interested in uh, the impact of Islamism on Western democracies, they can go to islamism.news. Isla- islamism.news. Yes. All right, sir. Let's hope and pray that somehow this can be resolved. Uh, doesn't look like it's going to happen tomorrow either. No, it's going to be a long time. All right. Take care of yourself. Thanks Thank for calling. Thank you so much. You well, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Dexter Van Sile from Boston.